Welcome to WDW for Families, the original family-friendly trip planning podcast, helping you plan your Disney vacation for over five years. All right, welcome to WDW for Families, and we are here with a non-WDW show. And we're going to talk about Universal, and a lot of people have decided to make Universal a part of their Disney vacation or make Universal a destination place. So we figured we would just interrupt this regularly scheduled Disney podcast with another one shot on Universal, which is a part we all like quite a bit. Not as much as Disney, but we like Universal quite a bit. And tonight we have Charity, who is actually sitting in a Universal hotel. Hello, Charity. Mm-hmm. Hello. How are things down there at Universal? Uh, man, we have been rocking it, hitting some new stuff, having a blast. Which part did you go to today? Uh, both. Oh, nice. So I'm assuming you have the uh, the the park hoppers there. Yeah, we actually upgraded to the season passes, and oh. uh, we got yeah. Got a nice promotion, so we've got it for the next 15 months. Nice. Okay, Randy is here. You heard him ooing. Randy, how are you? I'm here. I'm great. Great. Wow. Okay. And Mark is here over in North Carolina. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so we are here tonight to talk about Universal. And uh, when's the last time you were at Universal, Randy? Has it been a while, or have you been there recently? I went last summer. It was uh, July 4th uh, weekend of 2020. Yeah, I think it's been 2019 since I've been. Of course, uh, Charity is there now. So we're just going to let Charity update us on a couple of things that she experienced. Charity, tell us about, um, tell us where you're staying, first of all, and then tell us uh, some some of the new things you've done. Yeah, so we are in the newest, the um, Endless Summer Dockside Resort, and uh, we found this is a great option. They have really inexpensive um, like suites so we have a two-bedroom suite it's great it means the parents have one bedroom with a bed all to themselves and in our case we have two kids so they each get a bed for themselves so that's a really nice perk um we've man we've just been just hitting it all um the kids have been loving the harry potter stuff you know we've we've do the full costume and um they're having a really good time with that and um of course i am a jurassic nut you guys know that so all the new jurassic stuff mm, having a blast (laughs) okay so that's what we'll do is we will go right into it i think most people who are interested in going down to universal are probably most interested in those two areas first of all obviously harry potter is the biggest draw I looked at their numbers today. Their numbers went berserk when they opened Harry Potter World, like almost doubled. And then you've got uh, Jurassic, the Jurassic Park area, which is kind of found a new life, which is kind of um, got a second second life for itself. And so, first of all, tell us about this. Just for those of you who have never been to Universal, just give a brief overview of Harry Potter World. Yeah, so the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, uh, there are two different sections. So there's one section that's in the Universal Studios Park, and that is Diagon Alley. So um, it's amazing. It feels like you stepped right into the movies. 
um, every down, you know, down to every last detail. And they do have interactive wands that you can um, purchase. And then that just gives you a whole nother level of experience um, because, you know, you can, you can make things move. You can interact with the environment. It is extremely highly detailed. Um, then they do have Hogwarts Express. So you can ride the train. Um, but the only way to ride the train is if you have a ticket that will take you to at least those two parks in one day. So um, the train would take you over to Islands of Adventure. And that's where they have the Hogsmeade uh, area. So there you have um, Hogwarts Castle. And you have um, a number of rides there as well. And yeah, it's, it's great. But the, the key thing is, if you want to get the full Harry Potter experience, you do need to make sure that you have a ticket that at least lets you go to those two parks for one day. Charity, uh, if, if you want, I don't know that a lot of people understand the out, outlay. I just butchered that completely. I don't think people understand that, you know, Universal is two parks, much like Disney World is four parks. So there are these two different entities, the islands and then the studios. And so if you're going to take the Hogwarts Express, I think you know where I'm going. Which direction yeah. do you want to take the train from? Where would you start, do you think? Well, let's see. I mean, and I guess the, the key important thing here is to explain that each ride on the train so whether you're going from King's Cross to Hogsmeade or Hogsmeade to King's Cross, you're going to have a different experience. Um, you know, it, it is, it's super cool, um, but it is a different experience. I know we, we went the route of, for our first timers in the family that were with us this week, um, we did go the, right, the route of going from um, King's Cross and Diagon Alley to Hogsmeade and then um, doing the return trip. Uh, it it feels a little bit more like you're following the Harry Potter story uh, if you do it that way, because that was his first experience. Um, though I would say the, uh, the experience, <laughs> to not give anything away, I would say the experience um, might be a little bit more from the later movies um, going that direction, going from um, King, King's Cross over to Hogmead. So I don't know. What's your preference, Todd? Oh, I just think that one is way cooler. I, I, I like. I just <laughs> I think the one, and I think I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it's a it's a bigger experience. So yeah. I, I would I would do that. But uh, so, go ahead. Mark. So it's not just transportation. It is actually both of them are separate. It may be the same train, but each direction is a separate actual attraction. Would you say? That's correct. Yeah, you you do have a full experience on there. Um, I would say, you know, the the hard part for us this time was, uh, you know, our, our kids are a little bit younger, and so we've um, we've kind of limited the number of films that they've seen so far. So they've only seen the first two films, and uh, so. Um, when the Dementors showed up, my yeah. son was like, there are zombies in Harry Potter. So <laughs> that was a little bit, that was something we had to explain. Um, 
you know, and so that is part of one of the experiences that makes it, um, it makes it a little bit interesting, but yeah, it is, it's a full experience. Yeah. So let's talk about just some of those experiences there. Some of the rides in the Harry Potter world that may, uh, that may make a difference if you're just going to choose one or the other. I don't know who would do that. I mean, what Harry Potter fan would actually do that, but in the universal studios park, Mm -hmm. you have Gringotts bank, you have, uh, They've got their own version of Ollivanders. So both sides have an Ollivanders wand show, which is a, um, it's a, it's like a little show where the wand chooses a wizard and it's pretty neat to experience, but I I would say it's, you know, it's a reenactment of the experiences you see Harry have where, you know, he gets to try out a wand and then, um, you know, and then of course, in the end, ah, you get that, yeah. you know, glowing moment. Yeah. And I, I got chosen once to do it mainly because I was one of the only people in there, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but it, it cost me $45 because I felt like I couldn't not buy the stinking wand. When it was yes, over. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that is, um, that is one thing that you know, they explained as we were going in this week that that is now returned to a completely normal experience. Um, you know, they had been limiting the number of people in there. And right now they are back up to 14 individuals and you are smack dab right next to everybody else. So is Gringotts really the only attraction right now there in the the Diagon Alley section of Harry Potter. I mean, aside from just the Harry Potterness to it. Yeah. So at Universal Studios, you've got um, your main attraction there. You know, of course, there are um, like uh, there are shows, and you can um, meet the night bus. Um, but the, really, as far as rides, the only thing there um, at Universal Studios is going to be es- Escape from Gringotts. Um, and then over at Islands of Adventure, um, and you know, it it is it's a totally different experience. They've got um, not only the existing rides, so they had the um, Forbidden Journey, which is actually in the castle. Ugh, the the queue to get through there is just amazing because you are inside the school. It's an awesome experience. Um, just. To, to see everything, the paintings come to life. It's great. Um, then you also have the flight of the hippogriff. Hippogriff? Yeah, I still can't say it right. But um, that one is, I would consider that more of like a kiddie coaster kind of ride. Um, and then they also have Hagrid's Magical Motorbike Adventure that has the longest name known to man. Um, but it is a amazing ride. Uh, that's the one, if you've seen the advertisements, it's the newer one to have opened that has the, um, the motorbike and the sidecar on it. And, um, yeah, so you ride through with all of the magical creatures and wow, that, that is, that's a fun experience. Today was the first time I got to ride that and it was a lot of fun. I will say I did ride that one last summer and it was fantastic. Um, now last summer, the line queue for that was different than every other ride. Is that still the case? Um, you know what? Today it was interesting. They did, 
um, first thing in the, and they seem to switch it up. So I, I'm hesitant to say exactly what they're going to do any day that you're there. Um, but this morning they had it on a standby line until about 11 o'clock. And then they started up with virtual queues. Um, and then they released virtual queues. I want to say about three or four times today where they would release more virtual, uh, virtual passes. So we ended up, um, getting in one of those virtual pass slots and with, um, with their virtual passes, you actually get to pick a half an hour slot. And so we picked a half an hour slot for later in the day. And, um, and that's how we got to, to ride it. Yeah. When I was there, they were doing all virtual queue and it was the only ride in the park that had, you know, an app, uh, virtual queue to choose from, uh, tell us about butterbeer, uh, charity. I know I've had it when I was there. Did you guys have some today? Um, we did. We did. I ordered one. I let the family try it and no one else liked it. So I drank the butterbeer and then um, my daughter insisted on ordering the fizzy citrus drink and she tried that and she didn't like it. So I drank that one too. Fantastic. And then in the three broomsticks, we've been, we've had breakfast there. I mean, I've probably only been in the park three times and I've ate breakfast there every time. Um, have you guys ever eaten there? What, what do you feel about that little quick service restaurant? Yes, we have. And it, um, it's an amazing one. You know, I, I think one, one true piece that really tells you that, uh, things are getting back to normal is three broomsticks had a two hour wait today. Oh my goodness, Becky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know what things, things are definitely getting back to normal. I feel like capacity's definitely been increased. And um, yeah, three, three broomsticks is a delicious, highly recommended. Um, so of course, uh, three broomsticks is there in Islands of Adventure. And then sort of its equivalent would be the Leaky Cauldron over in Diagon Alley. We ate there too. Super delish. So one of the things at Diagon Alley that makes it really cool is the is the actual Diagon Alley that's kind of back behind things, and just the the just the darker kind of shops that are back there, and also the massive dragon that sits atop the uh, mm-hmm. one of the structures there at Diagon Alley, and it blows fire intermittently through the day, and it's really worth seeing. Um, there may only be one attraction there, but there is plenty to see in Diagon mm-hmm. Alley. So anyways, let's move over to Jurassic, the Jurassic area, which is kind of the newest, shiniest part of Universal. So what's going on with that area? Yeah, so the Velocicoaster officially opens up June 10th. Um, We were very fortunate to get in for a preview. They're they're calling it technical rehearsals right now. And so um, it has had some parts of the day where it was you know, not operating in that capacity and um, some parts of the day where it was back up. So uh, my daughter and I waited about an hour for the, um, for the chance to ride it. And wow, it blew me away. It was an awesome ride. Um, Of course, you know, I'm super Jurassic nut. So, you know, it was, it, it, it was, 
found to be something that I was going to do. And um, they have just done an amazing job with the theming. All of it is very well done, really makes you feel like, you know, you are actually in the movie, right? That's, that's the whole point of it. And um, it's really, it, it's awesome. Also, I would say the smoothest ride I've had. Um, I mean, you've got barrel rolls, you're completely inverted over the water. And it's what zero to 50 in 30 seconds or something. Um, that maybe three seconds, probably wrong. Yeah, three seconds. Okay. It's like super fast. And they have it posted all over all the posters everywhere. But, um, but it's nuts how fast it is. And uh, man, it was an awesome ride. Like, you know, you, some rides you can that crick or uh, your back's bugging you a little bit. Um, man, not that one. It, it, they did a really good job. It is, it's a must ride. Is that the only attraction they've added to the Jurassic area? I know they still have the boat ride functioning. Where did they build the VelociCoaster? What, what did that replace? Or is it just formerly uninhabited territory? Uh, yeah, most of it is formerly uninhabited. Um, I mean, at least, you know, recently, uh, so they didn't take out any new rides for it. Um, or they didn't take out, you know, any current rides for it. Um, they did kind of move the Raptor encounter. They moved that to the opposite side, but, um, the main portion of it, if you are looking across the water and you're looking at the Jurassic Park section in the Discovery Center, um, the, the roller coaster, you know, pretty much goes right in front of it. And it has some portions of the track on the right of the discovery center on the left, and then some that goes over the water in between. So, um, yeah, it, the entrance is right behind the back of the discovery center right now. Um, that's where you get in and that's where they have, you know, uh, the, some of the locker sections as well. So, uh, it is kind of out of the way. Um, so it's not adding too much crowds as far as, you know, people in the main walkways. If you're just trying to walk through, for example, from Kong over to Harry Potter. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, it's really great. They do have the the boat ride that you were thinking about. Um, there's also Pterodon flyers. So that's a... Um, I think they call it a hanging glide coaster is how they described it, I think. Um, but <laughs> that one is really fun, but you must be sure that you have um, one adult and one child between a certain height range. I think it was, you know, maybe let's say 36 inches to 56, somewhere in there. That's and, right. Um, yeah. And you have to have a child within that height range to be able to ride. So uh, don't show up like Charity did on her first time and say, hi, I'm a lone adult. Can I ride this children's ride? They they won't let you do it. Um, <laughs> but as long as you have a, a child with you that's the right height, you can ride it. And uh, and that, that's just a fun chance to, you know, get up in the sky and see everything. There's also, um, there's a, a play area. Camp Jurassic, and it's not related to Camp Cretaceous, although they do have Camp Cretaceous merchandise in there now. Um, 
it, it's not related to that. It's not themed off of that, but it's just a Camp Jurassic section. Uh, it's a play area for the kids, but also um, it, it does have a whole indoor section um, that is the Amber Mines. And, you know, they got like a little geyser in there that goes off and you you can go in and kind of get yourself lost in there for a couple of minutes. It's a little bit cooler since it's all completely shaded, uh, which is nice and helpful in the middle of the heat. But um, but it's also really fun. You know, just it adds to the whole Jurassic experience to get to go in there. Sounds like that is now like the second place highlight to Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. I I would definitely agree. They have pumped a lot into this. And, you know, even if you're looking at, you know, if you're just eyeballing the crowd and people in the park in general, um, I think the highest number of, you know, recognizable shirts and or clothing, robes, et cetera, is going to be Harry Potter. But Jurassic Park is number two. There is a ton of people in there wearing Jurassic Park shirts, Jurassic Park hats. And um, yeah, the, you know, the line for Velocicoaster, you know, was anywhere between 60 and 90 minutes. And that was just when it was up. Uh, It is, it's a hot area. Even the Pterodon Flyers was a 65 minute wait by the time we got off of it. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just something that you know everybody loves Jurassic, right? Good. Well, hey, I don't want to keep you uh, too long. I know it's late there, and and you guys are on vacation. I appreciate you joining us. Before you go, and we'll we'll continue the podcast. But before you go, tell us some about the hotels. What are the highlights? What are the differences? I know they don't have as many as Disney World has, but tell us some about the hotels. Yeah, so um, they have, you know, they have levels to their hotels, very similar to Disney. Um, So you have a few Lowe's hotels. So you have Portofino Bay, the Hard Rock Hotel, and Royal Pacific. And those are all uh, more their like premier level hotels. And with stays at those hotels, you do get the express pass included. So that is a huge, huge benefit. And if you are, you know, if you're thinking about staying on property and you're thinking that you're going to purchase the express pass, um, you know, it, it may be a wiser financial benefit uh, just to go ahead and look at those premier rooms because you may end up um, saving some money if you do those. Uh, Cabana Bay um, is, you know, more equivalent to, you know, be- between a value and a moderate. Um, and then they have their really more value resorts. So Aventura and um, where we're staying is in the endless summer. Now we're staying in the newest one, which is the Dockside Inn and Suites, but they also have Surfside Inn and Suites. And I would say, you know, I think a lot of us are used to um, Disney pricing and Disney value rooms and what you get there. Um, If you're used to that, the pricing at the value resorts here is very, very good. It's it's actually kind of hard to find even an off-property resort or, um, 
you know, hotel that's going to give you pricing that's as good as what you can get at one of the universal values. But that is one of the things that makes it, um, you know, it, it makes it one of those items that you'll want to really price out. If, you know, if you are going to get uh, and purchase the express passes, then moving up is probably going to be a good deal for you. But if you were on the fence about the express passes, the difference between the rooms could be about the same as you're going to pay for express passes. So yeah, it's, I'd say it's, you know, something to take into consideration. Um, If the, you know, if the premier ones are available, definitely look at the numbers and uh, look at the other benefits that they have as well and see if they'd be something interesting for your family. Um, you know, some of those resorts, especially those premier level ones, they actually have a, a water taxi that takes you straight from your resort to the city walk area. And so that saves you from walking the full length of city walk and, you know, walking the whole way down to where the buses are. And uh, that, you know, that that time saved may be something that's valuable enough for you that that really makes you um, think things through a little bit more. And um, before I go, I did want to tell you guys, um, I got to go into the uh, the new Jurassic Tribute. This was something that's just opened up here in the last couple of days. And surprisingly, it's not over at Islands of Adventure with the Jurassic Park section of the park. They mm. have it over in the Universal Studios Park. And um, it, it was awesome. I mean, for a Jurassic Park lover like me, it was amazing. Um, for you, you may walk in and go, oh, it's a store with like four sections and they're really themed. Okay. Uh, for me, it was wonderful because those four sections are really well themed, but they're also hiding in there a lot of actual screen used props. So um, they have script pieces and props um, that are straight from the movies. And that was that that was an attraction in itself for us. So um, if you have an opportunity to come down this summer, and that is open. I highly recommend it. All right. Well, Charity, I know you're on vacation. We're going to wrap up the <laughs> Universal podcast. Thanks for sticking around with us. We finally had somebody on location. We've talked about it for years. Like somebody should actually be down there when we're recording or let's record while we're on vacation. It never transpires. It just happened. So thanks for doing this, Charity. You can go join your family. I don't know how you kept the kids quiet this long. That was unbelievable. <laughs> well, have to thank Jeremy for that one. Yeah, really cool. Good night. Have fun in Universal. Good night. Thank you. Yeah. And next time we chat, I'll tell you uh, how Universal ended up and then our experience at Legoland that we're going to have for a few days. Perfect. We'll see you soon. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. So we're going to come back with another Universal podcast down the road where we talk about some of the other aspects of the parks. Uh, lots of exciting things happening at Universal. They've really stepped up their game since we started going there years ago. We're still a Disney podcast, though, so we'll be back with Walt Disney World stuff next week. So anything you want to add, Randy or Mark? So you're never too old to wish upon a star.